Hi, everyone, and welcome to Damn Parenting, your English-speaking parenting podcast from Amsterdam. And as always, we are your hosts, Maren and Ziva. And on today's episode, we will be talking nutrition for the first trimester of pregnancy. And because we are no experts and we can only talk from our opinion and what we have encountered, we were happy to bring on Amelie from Good Nest. She can give us a little bit more qualified input on the whole topic of nutrition. We will tap into the topics of supplements, but then also she will take us through a day of eating when you're in your first trimester and give you a little suggestions on meals and also dive a little into what is important to include in the meals when you're in your first trimester. Yes, yeah, so, uh, I can just give a little getaway. So I've had it very easy. I my first trimester in regards to eating, I wasn't nauseous or anything. I wasn't dealing with throwing up or not being able to eat. So that's yeah. So that's the reason why I, other than the supplements, didn't pay too much attention to the eating. How about you, Eva? What what was your experience? I was the complete opposite of you. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I actually got really looped into um, how the fetus was developing and what it needed. And so I was extremely, um, yeah, pernickety about like, okay, if this is what's happening, then, you know, like the brain development was like really yeah. important around the first month kind of time period, like four weeks to eight, I think it was. And so I was, I don't eat fish. And I was like, mm -hmm. I got to eat fish, you know? <laughs> and so I was like, I got to do this for like this fetus. And so I literally was like researching what are the stages, what's happening, how can I actually help support it? And I was doing it that way. And honestly, it's not great when you're anxious in general <laughs> to have yeah. this extra pressure on top. And, and yeah, it was just that thing that you're like, I don't know who to go to. I don't even know. Although all I knew was have your supplements. That was, that was one thing I always knew. And I was like, okay, I'll take the supplements, but what else can I do? Yeah, um, yeah, it's not for everyone, and it it was very time consuming. That's for sure. I wish we have. I wish we had this podcast. I wish we had <laughs> an episode to listen to. Um, I'm sure there is something out there, but um, so that's why I'm extra happy to be able to do this episode and to be able to have Emily on and really have an expert talk about this topic. Because yeah, you listeners already can hear from the two minute intro that neither even I were exactly knowing what we're doing. We're just tagging along. Both of our children are fine. So that's that's the giveaway from this. <laughs> that's the giveaway. But of course, it's always nice if you get some tips how to optimize maybe what you've been already doing or give you also some reassurance about things that you may be questions regarding your diet or weren't sure what to do or what not to do. And so hopefully this interview will give you a little more insight on this whole topic of nutrition for the first trimester. And I'd say, let's take it from here and let's see what Amelie has to say. Hi, and without further ado, let's chat to Amelie from Good Nest. Amelie, welcome to Down Parenting. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. My name is Amelie van der A, and that's a very French first name and a very Dutch last name, but I'm actually neither of those because I'm Belgian. I've left my home country a long time ago, about 13 years ago. First lived in Switzerland, and now for the past seven years in Amsterdam, my husband and my three children, 
who are probably older than the children of the listeners. My oldest is 14, um, then I have another daughter who's 12, and my youngest is nine. Wow, so and you are experienced already for years and years and years. Oh yes, I can also chat about uh, puberty. And then other than that, yeah, I have a background in PR. I've always worked in the health and food industry within PR. But then at some point, I've left that industry to follow my passion for nutrition. And so I started studying nutrition and I launched my nutrition practice here in Amsterdam about seven years ago. When you were saying you were launching your practice, when previously when we were chatting with you, you did say about how you had focusing on nutrition in general, but now you're actually honed more into the prenatal nutrition. Can you just delve a little more into that? Yeah, indeed. So I always I started seven years ago working with moms and future moms, obviously, and I realized that I, I really loved working with pregnant women, also women who had just given birth. And then at one point I decided that I wanted to focus on this group. So now I'm working with women and couples actually who are conceiving or trying to conceive with women throughout their pregnancy and then also the first months postpartum. Great. And so let's dive straight into your target group then, the, the pregnant ladies. <laughs> we will do another episode maybe on the, you mentioned on the whole fertility nutrition, because I think that's also very interesting on, you mentioned that you work with couples. So I guess it's very interesting also to address the men in this whole topic. But now we want to um, concentrate more on I'm pregnant. What can I do with my nutrition now? And the first question that I guess also for the listeners pop up the whole topic of supplements, what to start, when, and how to navigate this whole topic. Yeah, yeah, that's already a big chunk and a big, a big topic, but I'll, I'll try to be, to be brief and to the point. So usually it is the first thing that once a woman finds out she's pregnant, usually it's the first thing she, she does to, to yeah. her nutrition is that she, she buys a prenatal. And quite often it's the midwife also who will recommend a certain brand or some women just go to Kruidvat or Holland and Barrett and they get some advice there. And it is a big industry and big business as well. So there is. Yeah so many supplements to choose from and so it is can be or seem quite overwhelming mm -hmm. and i would say even for me i'm amazed at how many new products and, and multivitamins prenatal supplements are launched every uh, every month so uh, i like to look into these and to look at the composition and yeah unfortunately many i must say are not great because many don't use the active forms of certain nutrients so it seems a bit like a waste of money because you're taking these also in, in good conscience it gives you a good feeling but then if you're not taking the active form you're not going to absorb the nutrients very well yeah so i have some some tips on how to choose these but i think in your question you also asked when would you start yeah. maybe let's start with that first so i i always recommend to start as soon as you're deciding as a couple to actively conceive and as you said it that's a whole other topic but this is relevant for the the woman but also for the men depending yeah. on his diet not all i don't say that all men also need a supplement but making a baby is really 50 50 it comes from both sizes so the man's health and nutrient reserves also matter in this in mm -hmm. this yeah so ideally because an egg takes three months to mature ideally you would start taking a prenatal uh, multi three months before conception if that's not the case and you're like oh oh i just started i only started like when i found 
found out and I was pregnant already five weeks. That's okay, of course. Yeah, yeah. this is the three months is like the best case scenario. Everything is planned. And this is for all the organized moms out there. So you can start. Which now. none of us are. Can I just comment on? <laughs> okay, yeah. but it's not a missed opportunity if you start later. It's just if you want to have a little easier, then this is the way to go. But it's also totally fine to start whenever you're already pregnant. Exactly. It's never too late to start. Perfect. Yeah. And unfortunately, I cannot tell the listeners I go and buy this brand because that's yeah. a good one. Of course, I do work with certain brands that I have checked and that I like. The specific brand and composition that I recommend is really based on a person's diet before getting pregnant, on uh, also whether a, a woman is vegan or vegetarian. So, so it will all depend on, on so many factors. And in, in my practice, I always start with um, a full assessment or defining then a supplement plan for, for that yeah. person. Uh, this being said, there are a few ways to find out if a supplement is at least worth your money if it's uh, of good quality and first is the price so yeah it doesn't expensive supplements are in, in any case good but cheap is definitely a sign that it's not great because cheap supplements they have poor quality usually poorly absorbed nutrients and usually they miss also some vitamins and minerals so i always say like if you go for for cheap usually it's a waste of your money yeah can i just ask there the difference between folic and folium can you explain that yeah yeah, yeah. So in prenatal, that, that's another thing that I, I always recommend to look at. So you look at the label and then usually one of the first nutrients will be folic acid or folate. And so folic acid is the synthetic form of folate and folate is the natural form. And that is the one that you want to see on that label, folate, because folate is better absorbed. And especially there's a group of women, it's more or less one in four, who has a, genetically doesn't have the enzyme to turn the folic acid into the, the active form so she doesn't absorb any folic acid. And so then it builds up in your system and as waste, and that's not great either. So that's why to be on the safe side, because it is easier to absorb for any women, I always recommend to look at that active form, which is folates. Okay. That's another indicator with quality. Okay. So one of the things we were wondering was when we're talking about the key nutrients, are there any foods to avoid or limit when we're talking about first trimester? Yeah, and that's usually also where, where it starts. So a woman, once she, she finds out she's pregnant, then either her midwife or her friends will tell her like, ah, you can't eat this or that. There's a in long list of you can't, you can't, you can't. Yeah, yeah. And in, in my practice, I always like to focus first on the things that are good for you. Yeah. But of course, um, there is a group of, of nutrients that, that are better to avoid. And especially in these first, so the first trimester, is theoretically from week one to week 13 but it's really in those first four weeks some women don't even know they're pregnant then a lot is going on in those first four weeks so basically the the, the whole baby is already forming and then after those first four weeks it is really like further development of that, of what has been been built already. So, so it is a, a crucial part of your pregnancy in which your the embryo is, is is extra vulnerable, and so that's why 
you know, I don't, I don't like to focus too much on the things you can't eat, but in that first phase, because it is so vulnerable, it's important to, to be extra careful. And then I'm thinking about more potentially harmful things like alcohol and tobacco and toxins that you can find in food, but also in perfume. So you see these, uh, these uh, scented candles, for instance, that kind of things, it's good to limit it when you're pregnant and especially in the first phase. Okay. So probably also junk food, the chips, the chocolates, and, no. and McDonald's. Okay. Don't do this to us. Yeah, well, the thing is that those are usually the, 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 the foods that you're most drawn to in that first mm -hmm. uh, the first trimester is really fascinating to talk about because yes, it is important to avoid certain harmful things or potentially harmful. It is important to focus on, you know, in an ideal world, you would give everything that is best for your baby while you're building it. But on the other hand, the only thing you want is white bread, pasta, or not everybody, of course, but studies show that 90% of women will experience nausea to a certain degree in, in during her pregnancy and mainly during the first month. So, so it is really nature has missed something there because uh, it is it is really hard to to eat all those good things or to follow the theory. Yeah, I guess I also felt so tired that first couple of weeks. So I was also drawn to the food. What gives me quick energy? What gives me a boost? So like you mentioned, lots of carbohydrates, pasta, bread, sugars, yeah. like these kicks when you slap with this tiredness. I can understand where this is coming from. Yeah, and that's totally natural. And actually, it is um, exactly what I would recommend not to eat then because yeah. the thing and of course, some some women, they, they, they have a, a nausea to a very high degree. So so with them, we're really looking at how they can get these important nutrients in within the scope of what they can bear what they can get in. Um, but the more you will eat these uh, quick, quick sugar boosts, as yeah. you said, the more your blood sugar will fluctuate, and this will actually increase your uh, feeling of nausea. So mm -hmm. So what you want to do if you are dealing with nausea in the first trimester is to try to control your blood sugar as well as possible, which is by uh, avoiding these quick sugar boosts. And how doable is it to get most of the nutrition or the good nutrients in with a, let's say, normally healthy, balanced diet? And how much is it important that I supplement lots of things besides my normal diet in this in these first couple of weeks we've already heard the the first four weeks you want to have the folic acid and but is there anything else that you say is wise to keep an eye on and to supplement or would you say most of us are probably not on the perfect diet but a somewhat balanced healthy diet would you say this is enough to keep focusing on this or would you say these are things that are very un or you need to eat vast amounts of a certain food to get these levels in yeah, no, I think you can with a balanced diet, like what, what most people feel or consider a balanced diet and some extra supplements, you really get pretty yeah. far already. And, and, and indeed, I, I don't aim, nobody should aim for perfection. And no. even when she's pregnant, uh, that can also link, be linked to quite some anxiety. And that's really something yeah. you don't want. Either. So, so do the best you can. Um, what I focus a lot on, especially when, when I'm working, I'm working with couples in this preconception phase. Actually, I, I know it, there's also a lot of worry and, and so on uh, going on in, in that journey. But I also challenge them to look at it as a, 
a, like it's a chance it's an opportunity to get your body ready for um for pregnancy so so for the planners among uh, the people who are listening you know you're you know if you're in that preconception phase everything you can do without the nausea that you might have in the first trimester like everything you can do for your body to get all the good nutrients in is is really great because you can set you know, a good base, like a fallback or a plan B if you're not feeling great in that first trimester and then your body will be in good shape, you will have lots of reserves and that helps as well in that first uh, trimester a lot. But if you're looking at really the nutrients that are important, um, so you're building a baby in, in, in during your pregnancy, during the mm -hmm. whole pregnancy, but because there's so much, so many things are going on in that first, first phase, there's a lot of cell division, cell creation, tissue creation, uh, organ creation. And a very important component of that is uh, protein. So protein is really, it's like the building blocks of every cell in the body. So, you know, if, if somebody comes to me and says like, I have really trouble eating anything, then we're going to look together at how she can get some protein in, because that's really a very important one. Yeah, I actually, um, I, I did a cheat on that aspect because I bought those protein, they're actually protein cookies. Oh. <laughs> this was my way to make sure i got my proteins in and i was kind of like well what is the way i'm going to be able to do it and i just i did a bit of research and i went okay this i can do because yeah. it's like a brownie cookie and it had like 14 or 20 grams of protein in it and i literally could sit and it could honestly take me breakfast and like a snack in the afternoon to finish this whole thing with a cup of tea but to me that was my that was the only way I could guarantee I knew I was getting the important protein in, in my diet. So yeah. I mean, it's a cheese, but at the same time, it's also doing what I actually needed to do. Whatever works, right? I mean, whatever you can do, and this is, I guess, with everything, there is always the optimal way and then there is life. And then there is yeah. the personal situation. So to everyone out there, everyone I believe who's listening or everyone out there is always trying to do the best they can. And if it's a protein cookie, then it's a protein cookie. And you know what? It's like, girl, you do you girl. And I did me. And that's exactly, exactly how I did yes. it. So coming back to, you said protein is very essential. Do you have like a little, that would be an ideal kind of meal, daily meal plan would look like for someone who's pregnant? What would be a good a breakfast or lunch or a snack where you say these are like go-to things that are easily accessible and will give you a lot of all these nutrients in, in one meal and keep you throughout the day? Yeah, sure. I will, I will try. It's not, not a very easy, well, for me, it's, it's, it's okay to do this exercise but yeah. for, the, for the people listening it's just an example and so yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. we're within the first trimester and everybody experiences that in a, in a different yeah. way um you know maybe just listening to my voice telling yeah. You know, going through the menu, you will be like, oh, no, this is impossible for me. That's that's fine, too. So this is really more like the, the theory. And then, yeah. and of course, it is not like the, the perfect or whatever, whatever works for you as well. Eh? So it's really important yeah. to keep that. But yeah, so when, when you look at breakfast, as I said, so one important component, and especially in that first trimester to help you with nausea, if that's what you're experiencing, is that to try to keep your blood sugar stable. And a very good way to keep your blood sugar stable throughout the day is to be mindful about what you're eating in the morning. So breakfast sets the tone. 
in terms of blood sugar for the rest of the day. And that's why for um, breakfast, I always recommend looking more at uh, protein sources. So actually protein, fat and fiber, those three are uh, key elements for a, you know, a, good, a good breakfast that will fill you and that will keep your um, blood sugar stable. So one example would be um, a bowl of Greek yogurt, and then you could add some berries uh, to that, some frozen if we're in winter and you don't have that fresh to get some uh, antioxidants to that. You can add some extra protein in the form of almond paste, for instance, which I like to mix in my in my bowls, or some uh, some plain nuts or some, some seeds as well. So that could be a good breakfast that will keep you going usually for, for the rest of the morning. Now I see also that in pregnancy, especially in the first trimester, women like to have smaller portions or that's what goes down better. And yeah. then they, they also opt for or feel like they need a little snack in the morning, which is totally fine. So then if that's you, then you could choose something, uh, a mid-morning snack that doesn't fill you too much so that, so that you can still have like a good, a good appetite for lunch and that won't spike your blood sugar too much again. So I don't know, like a bowl of soup or a boiled egg or a whole grain cracker if you're more drawn to, to, to the carbs. So a whole grain cracker, but then with some cheese on it, for instance, to, you know, to balance that blood sugar reaction. And then for lunch, you could go for like a bowl of cooked veggies, not something that you have to do on the spot. But what I like to do is that twice a week, for instance, I fill an oven tray with lots of vegetables, with some olive oil and then some herbs and, and spices, whatever you like. I put that in the oven all at once. And then I put the, these in my fridge and I always have prepped veggies. I don't have to cook them all you know, every day again for my lunch. So if you have these, then you can have some of these vegetables, maybe with some leftover quinoa or rice from the night before and a can of sardines because that is another essential nutrient. It's um, omega-3, which you find in fatty fish. And, you know, in these first phase, in this first phase of uh, development, a lot is going on in terms of uh, brain development. And so omega-3 is very important for that. So that's why I'm talking about the sardines. And then um, many women do well with an afternoon snack. And one example I give, because I, it, it's one that is tasty and it's very easy to make, is just to cut a banana lengthwise, top it with some, um, or you could spread it with some peanut butter and then add some small pieces of chocolate, of dark chocolate, or some cacao nips if you're more. I genuinely was hoping you'd say a chocolate biscuit and a cup of tea this afternoon, but okay, that's good to hear. But this is also a good snack for everyone arriving here in the Netherlands and preparing you for your parenting journey. The Pindakas, the peanut butter, will be a constant partner in your life from now on. So you might want to practice these banana with peanut butter and a rosine cheese or a chocolate cookie. This you can already prepare in your pregnancy. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 no, it's true. Peanut butter here. Uh, I'd never even tried it before coming to the Netherlands, even though I come from Belgium and which is not so far, but it is really something very, uh, very widespread. To finish with dinner, I would go, for instance, for if, if you're, you're an omnivore, then you could go for a nice portion of, uh, of good uh, protein that you find in chicken, for instance, with some stir fried veggies and, and some rice or black rice, for instance. So again, this is one example of, will give you and the vegetables and uh, some good sources of protein 
protein, some omega-3. So, so yeah, so this is just an example. What I find uh, very interesting, and I think this is the key takeaway that you said this, always keep this blood sugar spike in your radar. And then I guess, look at your plate and ask yourself, is this going to trigger this too much? Or is this like a balance for this blood sugar spike? I think this is a good takeaway, like always asking myself, where is this going to kick me in the next 30 minutes or hour or so? Yeah, of course. And of course, it is perfectly normal to crave some ice cream or the cookies you just mentioned. Like, that's fine. It can also have a place in your diet. But ideally, then you would combine it with some meals. So I always say if you're really into desserts and and, and, and that's okay, but then couple it with your one of your meals and have it as a dessert and not as a afternoon snack on, on an empty stomach because that is gonna spike your blood sugar yeah. yeah and just to add to the dinner so you're talking about omnivores if we look at someone like i feel that there's a lot of people out there these days who are kind of tempting to go more down towards vegetarianism and so forth would you have another recommendation for them for a dinner yeah, sure well then that you would in the same example with the stir fry and some black rice for instance you could then swap the chicken for tofu or tempeh what's tempeh sorry for ignorance yeah no that, that's okay tempeh is it's fermented soy so it it, it it looks a little bit like soy but it is a little denser and yeah the the, the the taste is a little bit more fermented it is actually very very healthy huh? if you have to choose in terms of health between tofu and tempeh tempeh is even more interesting nutrition wise but uh yeah not everybody likes it i would say it's worth it try okay well so this also brings us we have one more question to wrap this up for everyone we we know everyone is busy out there not everyone can always be in the kitchen and cook all these delicious meals and take keep on track with everything so we also wanted to say take out food but now that you've said all this then i guess asian food is always a good option for a takeout meal you don't have the energy or don't have the time to prepare this freshly cooked meal to get takeaway in your first couple of weeks of pregnancy yeah it wouldn't be my number one though of course if this is something you're craving if you like it then of course go for that option the the reason why i'm um it's not my favorite it's because usually they use a lot of sugar and then yeah some sometimes it's more a little bit more heavy also on the on the white uh, carbs like if you have these uh, pad thai sometimes it's made with rice but it's still white rice and and, and it's a little bit more refined than some other uh, cuisines i would say but in in amsterdam there are quite a few good uh, options uh, takeaway options like uh, i don't know if you know the chain uh, poke perfect poke bowl so that's an hawaiian inspired uh, bowl usually it's with like the classic one is with uh, white rice which is not great but uh, that, that's that there are different options eh? so you have with white rice and then you have some um, raw salmon but they at poke perfect they have a lot of other options for that so you could uh, for instance take a base of quinoa or spinach leaves and you can also top it with chicken and with a tempeh they have very nice tempeh by the way so tempeh and they um it's a little bit caramel so so it is more uh, it's easier you know it's like it's a good way to to get to know tempeh so maybe for you if you want to to try that poke perfect has a has a very nice bowl with tempeh another one is oliver green also uh, like a healthy food store uh, not a store but more like um, a deli mm -hmm. and they also have mainly bowls sla is a very nice one as well they have also different options and then if you 
don't feel like cooking, which many women don't feel in that first trimester. You also have an options like um, Marilene cooked. I don't know if you know that one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really homemade meals with fresh and healthy ingredients and she cooks it um, daily. And then you can take a subscription, I think, for a few meals a week. And that is, um, well, very good and very balanced uh, as well. Yeah, I guess it's also the good trend that all everyone pregnant can now benefit from the whole health trend and these shops popping up all, all over the city and pokeballs being accessible yeah. and being everywhere or the the juice places or Oliver Green, like you mentioned, it's they're popping up, they're out there and they're helping us in this first critical time. The ease and efficiency. <laughs> I just have one comment. So we are, you know, it's going to be coming into autumn and winter right now. I was looking for warm food. Now, Maren had previously suggested Asian food. I was just wondering, could I go Mexican? Sure. Yes, Mexican is usually very, very good. Tasty as well. I love it. And there's a very... Beans. That was the thing. I, when you were talking about it, I was like, well, beans, beans, like Mexican. I could do it. Proof of Mexican takeaway? Please say yes. Yes, sure, sure. <laughs> the only thing that could um, not go so well in the first trimester is that beans, like many people think beans, they also think gas. And, and it is true that we, with some people react more strongly on that. And especially in the first trimester, you also have uh, some more, uh, a little bit more gas. So so that, that might be the only reason why Mexican might not be the favorite option of a pregnant uh, woman in her first trimester. But other than that, it, I think it's a very very tasty and balanced option. And there's a very good one actually in at the Food Holland it's called Fento. And it's a very good and healthy Mexican option. Okay, so we'll be there on Saturday. <laughs> and we're also launching another podcast of restaurant <laughs> with Amelie. <laughs> we'll oh, sure. yes. I, I love food and uh, yes, and I, I have plenty of uh, good, uh, good restaurants and good, good addresses in uh, Amsterdam. Well, this is going to be great for the next episode with Amelie. So <laughs> but for now, we're going to say thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate your, your knowledge and your insights. And we really hope that this is going to answer and soothe and settle some minds here that are listening in. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. And uh, for now, we're going to we'll wrap it up. But Emily will be back because she is a fountain of knowledge when it comes to nutrition. And she has lots more tips for all the rest of your pregnancies. So second and third trimester and birth. So it's it's not going to be the last time you'll be hearing her here and we will give her another opportunity to dive um, into these topics a little deeper. But for now, this was super, super insightful. We know we can eat protein cookies. <laughs> Mexican. <and> Mexican. <laughs> That's my three takeaways. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. And then we will be back with Emily in another episode. Yeah. Great. We'd love that. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much, Emily. Take care. So that's a good comfort eating suggestion, Mexican, I kind of put in there for anyone who was also kind of thinking, oh, God, I don't want to cook, but I just want to order in. Mexican is always great. So that's, yeah, I was also very happy to hear that Mexican is a great option. And it wasn't even on my radar. It was like totally when you said it, I thought, yes, of course, like Mexican food is loaded with all the good stuff. So I don't know how we forgot that. Anyway, now we know, and I hope everyone else out there is going to order their Mexican food in the next couple of weeks. And enjoy, yeah, and be able to enjoy each bite thinking, this is for the good of my baby. <laughs> and I hope it doesn't bring anyone any reflux. Not yet. That's, that's for later. Oh. 
I did find it quite interesting, you know, with the ins and outs of the balancing your nutrition, because it's never on your mind. And as I said previously to the interview, I was highly anxious and I was just like, what do I need for this stage? What do I need for this stage? And at the end of the day, if you have a healthy, balanced meal, I mean, that's that's good enough. Yeah, I think it was really one one learning that I really took away from this interview with Amelie was that paying attention more to the composition of your meal again. So really see, do I have all the categories that I need for a nutritious, healthy meal? So do I have my fats? Do I have my protein? Do I have my fiber? Do I have my carbohydrates? So really in my meal, or am I lacking something? Or am I only focusing on, oh, I only have to eat this and I cut out everything else. So I think this was a good reminder to really keep it balanced and in balancing meaning, including everything. So I think that was my biggest learning. Not just my protein cookie. It's not just protein cookies and beans. No, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> and also the suggestions that she gave for meals. Yeah. I, I thought this was really good reminder, you know, cause sometimes we think, oh yeah, we've heard this, we know this, but then we heard it and then we all forgot about it. And then reality kicks in and daily life kicks in and then we're standing there and then we're rushing through our daily life with all the tasks that we have to do with all the mental load that we have to do, all the care work that we might have to do. And then we're standing there at the end of the day. And then how easy is it? Like she said, just bake a freaking tray of vegetables, a big one for the whole week or for two days. And then it's always in your fridge. It's just always there. So I think that was a good reminder. Everyone can include pregnant or not. Yeah, true. For anyone listening who actually wants to check out Emily herself, you can find her on Instagram under the prenatal nutritionist. That's with underscore between each word or equally her website is called good nest. And that's with two S's where she actually provides recipe examples. She has a blog that you can actually read up on to find out more about her. She's full of information and it's through her own experience that she really got into this. And so that I think was, that was one of the main reasons we really wanted to interview her was through her experience of being a mother of, you know, getting pregnant, of being during through pregnancy. And we're so happy that she joined us on this and we'll be looking forward to bringing her back later on. One of the many more nutritious topics we're going to be covering. Yeah. So yeah, so number one, make sure you've got your supplements. That's the most important thing. And number two, you know, just start thinking of a balanced place. Exactly. And enjoy the food and enjoy everything you're eating. I hope everyone gets through their first trimester healthy and without too much nausea and without too much anxiety about this whole topic. Because how you heard, it's all going to be fine. Even if yeah. you don't pay any attention to it, like I did, I'm fine. My child was fine. My breast milk was fine. So it's, it's all good. So with that, we'll say thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Always give us a shout out. Drop us a message, DM on Instagram. We're always interested to hear from everyone. And with that, we'll say thank you. Until next time. Till next time. Bye-bye.